you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on this cold but beautiful sunny day in downtown Regina from Century Studios. We're brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock and the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we talk with the Provincial Minister of Agriculture, David Merritt, about an extension to the Farm Water Development Program. He also discusses the $360 million canola cross-processing plant announced this week for Regina. We have the latest Sasquheat market outlook, as well as a chat with the chair of Sasquheat about proposed amalgamation with the Saskatchewan Winter Cereals Development Commission. Real Agriculture talks about the impact of the vaccine mandate on the trucking industry. The Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference gets underway, and we have details on a farm mental health initiative. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. Agriculture Minister David Merritt has announced an extension to the Farm and Ranch Water Infrastructure Program deadline. Merritt says producers have faced difficulty sourcing material and contractors to construct water development projects within the time limit, and an extension was needed. Well, really, we thought it was very important, and it's something we did this year for the livestock sector, Jim, when we also enhanced the farm and ranch water infrastructure program for livestock producers. The cap used to be at, or is at 50000 for water projects for the ag sector for if you're doing a you know, well or whatever. What we did is we extended it to to 150,000 if you're a livestock operator. So um, there was a big uptake on it, and it really has helped a lot of people with drilling wells and things like that to really get long-term sustainable water. So what we have seen and what we've heard from uh, you know from the uh, livestock community is that it's really hard to get contractors to do work or to get equipment even whether you're piping in a you know a water line or whatever. So. We felt it was important to extend it for six months, and that's what we've done. We've asked everybody to at least get their preliminary applications in by the end of March and what they're planning on doing, and then we extended it till September 30th for them to get to get the projects done. So they've got another six months to complete their water development projects. What kind of uptake have you had on this? Actually, we've had a, a very significant uptake. Uh, I know even in my own constituency in the south, there has been quite a few uh, ranchers that have applied either for drilling wells or for digging dugouts, digging bigger dugouts, and hopefully to get some runoff this year and to fill them. But uh, we're seeing a big uptake. 
I did hear secondhand, Jim, of uh, one uh, well drilling contractor that is pretty well booked up for most of the year. So it's good to see that work being done and, you know, livestock producers being able to alleviate that pressure about making sure they have good water for their livestock. For the drought, you the project program usually only covered up $50,000. You expanded it to $150,000, yeah. and on top of that, of that $100,000 extra, the province and the federal government are covering 70%. That's the big program. What kind of uptake have you had on it? Really, uh, quite a bit, and that's, and, you know, and, and we felt it was important to do that side on the 70-30, just as a result, because when you start talking those kind of projects, it still takes a significant dollar on behalf of the producer as well. So if you know if you're uh, on that hundred thousand, yeah, the, the federal government and the provincial governor are paying seventy thousand, but the producer still has to you know put up the thirty thousand. So it's still uh, you know it's still a significant investment on behalf of the producer. But we felt it was important you know to maintain the livestock sector and the herd, and that's what we're really trying to do here. And uh, you know with the with the drought the way it was, the biggest concern we did hear from a lot of producers was water quality. So we felt it was important for us to assist the the livestock producers in trying to achieve long-term sustainable water for their herds. So right now we've got some snow cover. What are your thoughts on it? How does it look for spring? Well, for, you know, I mean, obviously the southern part is still uh, hoping for, you know, a significant amount of snow. You know, we had some warm temperatures in the south the past week where we did see the snow go down quite a bit. But uh, obviously in the northern part of the province, you know, we've heard there's a lot of snow up there. Uh, you know, you get Saskatoon north and uh, there's there's significant amount of snow. But yeah, we're still, you know, hoping for a lot of snow and we see some in the forecast. So hopefully we'll see, still see some uh, significant snowfall between now and April. Earlier this week, we had a major announcement. Federated Co-ops and AGT Foods announced basically for the biodiesel refinery that's being built north of the refinery in Regina, there's also going to be a $360 million third for Regina canola crushing plant. Your thoughts on that? Well, obviously, it's it's great news for, you know, for the ag sector, for the farmers in, in this province and even uh, in Western Canada. Uh, when you look at the canola crush capacity in the province now, our goal was by 2030 to be crushing 70% of the canola that's growing here in this province. We're going to be well over that. We're going to be very close to almost 100% of the canola grown in this province will be crushed here as well. And that was one of the things we really wanted to see. Obviously, it's an opportunity for producers to get a better return for the canola when it's going to a crush facility right here in the province rather than being transported out and uh, exported outside the country. So now we're going to see, you know, obviously an opportunity for the uh, crush capacity to grow, but also then... There's the spin-off of that with the canola meal and and uh, and that side of it as well. So it just uh, you know adds to the value added here, and that's what we wanted to see, and a, and a higher return for the uh, farmers here in the province of Saskatchewan and Western Canada because obviously they'll be they'll be uh, importing canola into these facilities as well. Agriculture Minister David Merritt. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca. The latest Sask Wheat Market Outlook points to the latest USDA outlook for pushing down wheat prices this past week. Mercantile Consulting Ventures' Marlena Borsch compiled the outlook. She says there have been some interesting wheat sales during the past week. 
In actual trades, Japan bought 108,000 tons of high-quality wheat in the weekly tender with 56,000 tons US-specific and 52,000 from Canada. There was an Algerian tender, and French wheat easily was the cheapest one on offer, but Algeria's OIC booked 600,000 tons, which was in, uh, o over and above of the tender volume, of other origins at 348 to 350 US per ton CNF Algiers. Algerian buyers need written permission from the government to buy French wheat these days, and that's a point of discussion. Iran purchased an estimated 240,000 tons of Russian and German wheat at a reported 360 to 365 euros per ton. Iraq bought three cargoes of Australian wheat at 447 per ton, and Turkey will return to the market on Jan 18 for 350,000 tons of wheat for Feb 10, March 10 delivery. U.S. export sales at 265,000 tons left the season total at 590 million bushel, down 24% on last year still. Canadian exporters loaded 187,000 tons of wheat during week 23 for a year-to-date total of 5.2 million compared to 8.9 million last year to date. Week 23 exports of Canadian Durham amounted to 20,000 tons for a year-to-date total of 1.2 million compared to 2.5 million last year to date. To continue, here's some of last week's major news in the wheat markets by origin. Starting again with Canada. Well, wheat futures have fallen dramatically since the holidays. And spring wheat futures ended below $9 a bushel last week for the first time since late September. The most significant change for Canadian wheat is the trade's lack of willingness to keep the large quality premium that had been increasing since last July. Basically, last week, traders interpreted the Waste report as making more U.S. milling wheat available for the first time for the first part of 2022, and consequently, they reduced the premium for U.S. hard wheat over Chicago wheat. In addition, the Grains Council, as mentioned, raised its forecast for 21-22 global wheat production by 4 million tons to 781 million. This was based partly on an improved outlook for the crop in Australia and in Argentina. So as a consequence, we would prefer to hold feed grains and sell more spring wheat. In fact, we would be 80% sold 2021 crop spring wheat. On Durham, the USDA decreased U.S. Durham imports by 5 million bushel to 105 million bushel, and domestic use was decreased by 10 million bushel to 68 million. Ending stocks increased by 5 million bushel to 22 million bushel. But despite the rapid decline in spring wheat prices, Durham is still worth $21 per bushel in Canada. Durham prices seasonally trend sideways during the winter months before potentially falling off in February. We would finish old crop Durham sales at these levels. Moving to the US. Well, we talked about some of the reports and on US wheat, USDA decreased US imports, primarily from Canada by 10 million bushel to 100 million. Domestic use was decreased and Therefore, and total use was decreased by 40 million bushel. 
um, increasing ending stocks to 625 million bushel. In global wheat numbers, USDA world wheat production was increased by 700,000 tons to 778.6 million tons. Again, this was due to increases in production in Argentina, uh, 500,000 tons to EU, 200,000 tons. Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting compiles the weekly market report for the Sask Wheat website. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. You've heard me express a lot of concerns about what some of the potential impacts here are on this vaccine mandate for truck drivers. Canada put in place their mandate on Saturday, and the U.S., up until this point, it seems like they're going to do the same on the 22nd, which is coming up here very shortly. Here to talk about some of the potential impacts on the pork sector, it is Cam Dahl, General Manager at Manitoba Pork. Hey, Cam, how are you? Good to talk to you, Sean. Yeah. Good to, yeah, good to chat with you as well. So, uh, Cam, let, we're, we're going to get to PED also here, but I want to start with this vaccine mandate. And from your perspective in the pork sector, what are the impacts? Well, we're starting with a system, Sean, that's already strained. Um, so before any of this happened, we were short trucks. Um, and uh, the, the system is short drivers. So we, we have a system that's already under under enormous strain. And uh, if you take a system like that and, and pull out uh, additional trucks and additional drivers, the impact is, is significant. And I'm reading reports that uh, Bison Transport, which is of course one of the, the larger transporters in, in Manitoba, um, is is losing up, up to 10% of the drivers because of this. And and so the impact impact is, is significant on a system that's already straight. And so it, it's, both ways here. It's, uh, we're, uh, um, you know, the U.S. market is, is uh, a major market for uh, weanling pigs uh, coming out of Manitoba. And uh, I'm, I'm hearing reports from producers that, um, you know, they're already having their shipments canceled, um, you know, prior to uh, the U.S. mandate coming in. Uh, pigs keep growing. Um, you know, this isn't something that, oh, well, I'll, I'll ship it in six weeks from now. It, it doesn't work that way. And we're also um, getting significant impacts on feed and feed ingredients that are coming north or supposed to have been coming north. So uh, uh, hearing producers that are already short on, on soybean meal, for example, it's a significant uh, um, uh, ingredient in, in feed rations. And uh, they were supposed to be getting deliveries this week, and they're not. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's already impacting um, movement in, in both directions. It's significant. So I heard the transport minister on Friday, I think it was, it was, it had to be Friday on power and politics. And he said, you know, the, the, the system is resilient and then this will put, you know, by doing this, we're going to create more resiliency in the supply chain. Does it feel like that to you? No, it seems that the system is brittle and we're going to break it. Um, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, if we were in a situation before this, that, uh, you know, we, we were 
we had all the trucks we need, we had all the transport we need, um, it might be different, but that's not the case. The, the system was, was brittle going into this and, um, this is, this is, this extra strain is, is, uh, is re- really going to create problems. Actually, that's not feature tens. That's, this extra strain is a, is already creating problems for, for people raising pigs in Manitoba. Yeah. And, and, and when the U.S. puts in theirs, if they follow through on it, that, that also is kind of a double whammy for you because I, I think of a lot of those wieners going down to Iowa. Yeah, absolutely. Iowa and Minnesota, that's a major market. And again, we're already, Ready here in shipments that are canceled um, because uh, U.S. Uh, U.S. trucks don't want to come north, and uh, Canadian truckers are, um, you know, uh, afraid of, of getting caught in the U.S. and not not being able to cut back. Um, again, uh, transport companies are are having significant uh, resignations or drivers moving on to to other things. Um, it's you know we're we're already seeing that impact, and it's only going to grow. Of course, this year we're facing a situation where feed was already in short supply, and, uh, and so there, you know, we we didn't have a normal Canadian crop to, uh, to 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 supply feed here here in Canada. So that that supply coming coming from the U.S. is vital in in uh, in this time of drought. So it's uh, it was a difficult situation already um, because we're short of feed, and and now we're getting our access to that U.S. supply restricted. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly sunny today, light winds, the high minus 24, the low minus 30, wind chill near minus 41. Thursday, increasing cloudiness, wind southeast 30, gusting to 50 in the morning, the high tomorrow minus 7. Wind chill minus 38 in the morning and minus 17 in the afternoon. Evening snow flurries, the low minus 5. Friday, periods of snow and blowing, snow and windy. The high minus 2, the low minus 20. Saturday, snow, high minus 12. 60% chance of evening flurries, the low minus 15. Sunday, snow, high minus 3. 60% chance of evening flurries, the low minus 15. Monday, partly cloudy. The high minus 11, the low minus 13. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 6. Normal high for this date, minus 11. The normal low, minus 23. The sun rose at 8.50 this morning. It sets at 5.29 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now is in the southwest corner of the province in Cypress Hills at minus 21. The cold spot up north, Uranium City, minus 38. Estevan, minus 27. Saskatoon, minus 31. Swift Current, minus 25. Weyburn, minus 28. Yorkton, minus 27. Regina, sunny and minus 29. It's 19 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 12. Humidity is 67%. The barometer rising, 104.4. The wind chill right now, minus 38. Sunny and Moose Jaw, minus 25. Winds are from the west at 11. Once again, Regina, sunny and minus 29. That's 19 below Fahrenheit.
Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Sask Wheat and Sask Winter Cereals Development Commission are looking at potential amalgamation. The chair of Sask Wheat, Brett Halstead, says the proposed amalgamation would streamline operations and reduce costs. He says an online producer survey is underway to see if there is support for the proposal. Well, Sask Winter Cereals had reached out to us and wanted to discuss some potential ways forward to more synergies and bring the organizations together. They're a smaller organization, so of course a min fee becomes a huge part of their expenses percent-wise, so it doesn't leave them as much money to do the things they really want to do as far as breeding and research and so on. So we you know, decided on, checked with Agri-Food Council and figured out what the process would be, and that's going to start with some consultations where producers can positively or negatively say whatever's kind of on their mind or what's going on. Who's eligible for producers to talk in the, I guess it's an online survey from now until March 24th? Right. So that would be members of winter cereals currently that have paid the check off or, or wheat and durum growers that uh, are part of Sask Wheat. It's mandate right now and uh, either organization's members can share their thoughts on it. Now, I see you will look at this survey and you'll discuss it at the Sasquatch semi-annual meeting on Tuesday, June 21st? Yes, that's correct. You know, and then we're going to see if, you know, the appetite's there. You know, it passed both AGMs by a high percent. I didn't know the exact number. I was busy chairing, but it passed both AGMs by a very strong percent. And so it's just to see if anybody else out there um, has any feedback on it and Again, we think it's it's a good thing to streamline our operations and and bring efficiencies into agriculture. So those are the key advantages you see? Yeah, absolutely. So streamlining operations, cutting costs, I guess, is the best way to put it. And then you can put that those funds into more research. That's right, yeah. I understand this is kind of what's already happened in Alberta and Manitoba? Yeah, so that will that will bring us in line, and you know, especially with winter wheat, Alberta Wheat Commission and Manitoba Crop Alliance are already have those mandates. So when we're discussing national core wheat breeding agreements, for example, you know, we'll have the the same goals in mind. What have you heard from producers so far? Just positive so far. You know, there was limited comments at the AGMs, but of the ones that did comment, you know, it was positive. And you really want to hear from producers. How many producers are we talking about? Well, I'm not sure of the numbers of winter cereals growers. I know Sask wheat, uh, wheat growers are in excess of 20,000. But again, it's probably you're not going to get that kind of uh, responses. But, you know, it's to make sure we are, you know, this is what producers want and 
that we're not missing anything. And, and there'll be details to work out with winter cereals about learning what they do and how to cover that in the meantime. So what are your thoughts on this big canola processing plant announced for Regina, $360 million project? I think anything like that's exciting for producers. You know, whatever crop it is, it provides local jobs and local markets, less reliance on the immediate rail movement. Although I guess the products they produce, some will be exported, some will be used in the biodiesel. So, you know, it's it's exciting when agriculture gets good investments and uh, increases our local marketing opportunities. How's snowfall at the farm at Nokomis? Uh, we've got a pretty good covering here, definitely more than the last few years. So I would say more than average. Was north of Humboldt here a week ago, and it looks like not very much compared to some of the country up there. But, you know, it, it's more than we usually get, so that's a good start. Brett Halstead of Nokomis is the chair of the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. The Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference opens this afternoon in a virtual format. It runs today and tomorrow. Topics include ag tech investment in agriculture, farm mental health, forages and calving. The Beef Industry Conference wraps up tomorrow with the market update and looking to the future. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola gained fifteen fifty at nine thirty one thirty two. Lentils fell seven sixty five at nine forty seven eighty five. One red spring wheat went up twelve thirty at four seventeen ninety three. The rest were unchanged. Durham six seventy ninety nine. Feed barley three eighty three sixty four. Flax fourteen seventy fifty nine. Oats four seventy one fifty three. Yellow peas six thirty two eighty nine. Feed wheat two sixty one sixty five at Minneapolis. March spring wheat rose eighteen and a half cents at nine twenty five and a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of January 18th. We had our first regular sale of the year on January 5th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.66 cents to $0.74. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.56 cents to $0.65. Cents. Counter cows sold from $0.45 cents to $0.55. Cents. And good butcher bulls sold from $0.94 cents to $1.02. We had our first pre-sorted calf and yearling sale here on Monday. The market has improved compared to what it was before Christmas. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $2.32 and sold up to $2.54. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $2.34 and sold up to $2.54. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.30 and sold up to $2.44. 
550 to 600 pound steers averaged two dollars and 23 cents and sold up to two dollars and 32 cents 600 to 650 pound steers averaged two dollars and 12 cents and sold up to two dollars and 27 cents 650 to 700 pound steers averaged two dollars and four cents and sold up to two dollars and 18 cents 700 to 800 pound steers averaged a dollar 95 and sold up to two dollars and six cents 800 to 900 pound steers averaged a dollar 90 and sold it to a dollar 93 heifers were 20 to 30 cents back from the steers some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 500 pound grasser steers at two dollars and 44 cents a pound a load of 550 pound black steers at two dollars and 31 cents a pound a load of 600 pound black steers at two dollars and 22 cents a pound a load of 630 pound red steers at two dollars and 18 cents a pound a load of 650 pound black steers at two dollars and 13 cents a pound a load of 700 pound black steers at two dollars and six cents a pound a load of 780 pound angus steers at a dollar 93 a pound a load of 880 pound exotic steers at a dollar 89 and a half cents a pound and a group of 970 pound exotic steers at a dollar 84 a pound this has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,200 hogs Tuesday, selling in a range of 174 to 195 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,800 head, selling in a range of 175 to 185 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are down, selling in the range of 34 to 41 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened mixed this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar was down six basis points, with a daily exchange rate at 1.2529. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 80.04 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed midweek, with national up 28 cents, and the national cutout adjusted variant $4.02 U.S. 100 weight lower relative to the previous day. The Western Corn Belt price was not reported due to confidentiality. Prices using a larger component of the cutout and price discovery are mirroring the volatility seen in the net value of the carcass, which was down $4.73 on the Tuesday report. On Monday, it was up $2.87. Lean hog futures are mixed, but the contracts past April are higher for the third consecutive session. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The Saskatchewan government says it's expanding the Provincial Output-Based Performance Standards Program to protect workers and businesses from the harmful effects of the federal carbon tax. Effective this month, industrial facilities in five more sectors are eligible to be covered by the provincial output standards instead of Ottawa's industrial pricing system. These sectors include chemical manufacturing, wood product manufacturing, mineral product manufacturing, agricultural and industrial equipment manufacturing, and food and beverage processing. The threshold for participation in the provincial output program has been lowered from 10,000 tons carbon dioxide equivalent to zero tons. It's expected 30 more facilities will register under the expanded provincial program, bringing the total savings to Saskatchewan's industries to $2.3 billion by 2030. In coming months, the province is also again submitting proposals to take control of the federally imposed carbon tax and bring the two remaining sectors, electricity generation and natural gas transmission, into the provincial output program. On the markets today, the TSX is up 33 points to 21,307. The Dow has risen 65 points to 35,434. 
Oil has gained a dollar sixty-six to eighty-six forty-nine a barrel. The Canadian dollar is up seven one hundredths of a cent at seventy-nine point nine seven cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.